Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Spanish Football Podcast. I'm Phil Kittramanides, joined as ever by Sid Lowe. Hello, Sydney. Hi, Phil. How are you? I'm okay, mate. Uh, it's been a... Uh... It's been a busy 24 hours, let's, uh, let's put it like that. Mm. Um, Spanish football making headlines around the world, when I say for all the wrong reasons, it's a bit of an understatement. We've got results mm. from match day 35 to talk about. We could go in depth about the battle to avoid relegation. There were some really interesting results, some interesting performances this week, but it just doesn't feel like the right moment to be talking about that when there is this massive worldwide story involving the Spanish league, two Spanish teams and a Spanish, well, and a player based in Spain who is Vinicius Junior. If you're not aware of what's happened, well, let's, let's just remind you, I'm sure you are, but if you're not, uh, Sunday afternoon, Real Madrid were playing Valencia at Mestalla, a game in which Real Madrid's Vinicius had to hear abuse, Throughout the whole game, and then at one point in the second half, he pointed, pointedly, to someone in the crowd who had been racially abusing him and confronted him. I think we were very, very close Sid, to seeing the players walk off uh, in the uh, in the game. In the end, they didn't. In the end, Carlo Ancelotti said to Vinicius, who wanted to walk off, he said, "You stay on. It's not fair that you're the one who has to go off." I don't know where we start with this, Sid. I don't know where we start for a number of reasons, not least because it's not the first time we've got to talk about this. Um, this does feel like something of a watershed moment, though, particularly with Vinicius calling that fan out personally. That's different. We've not seen that before. I think it was a courageous thing to do, and if it happens more in the future, perhaps it will go some way to accelerating the conversations that need to be had about racial awareness in this country. But yeah, um, I know you've been writing about this today. I have too. It's very difficult to to deal with a, a situation like this. I think we do have lots to say, but I'm not sure where we start, Sid. Yeah, I think that's right. And and, and I assume you've been through the same as me today in, in, in writing this in the, exactly that point, which is you you kind of look back over it and you think, so what's the point of this? Yeah. If you see what I mean, and I, I don't mean, like, you know, in kind of in this that sense. And I don't know about you, but I get this kind of sense of of, of sort of depression and impotence, and and I can't believe we're here again. And and um, um, what what you know, what can you do? What what is there tangibly that you can that you can reflect or make a difference on? And I th- I think you're right. I think this felt like might have shifted something. And I think it's really important to, to, to make the point, which is, and maybe this is the point, actually, maybe this is one thing that, that we can make the point about, that if something shifted, if something changed, and, and I, I, I'm always really uneasy about 
if you like, allowing myself to believe that. Mm. Because I sometimes think, am I being hopelessly optimistic here? Mm. You, know, is, you know, is there a risk of me falling into the trap of believing that this will change things? But if, if something does, I think the, the, the kind of key point here is, if this happens, it's kind of because Vinicius has made it happen. Yes. Now, this hasn't been done for him. Now, this is Vinicius saying, I'm taking this on. I'm, I'm, I'm going for you. And, and in the case of the, the Valencia game and the Valencia fan, quite literally, you know, I've seen you. Because this is one of the other things that's, that's worth pointing out here. It's not just that Vinicius heard the monkey chants. It's that he saw them. Mm-hmm. And you see that moment when he's confronting the fan and he says, I, I'm not sure if it's to Gaia or one of his teammates because there's a crowd of players. I'm not actually sure which one he, he says it to. He actually says, he called me a monkey and he did this. And he recreates the, 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 the ape gesture. So he's, mm. and, and there's something, I don't know if this even matters, but to me it felt quite powerful, the idea that he didn't just see this, he saw it. Sorry, he didn't just hear this, he saw it. It's there. And he goes mm. and confronts it and he says, I'm doing this and I'm not allowing myself to, to, to back down. And, and I think that that creates, if you like, a, an environment, an obligation in which others back him. I think we've seen such a huge backlash, such a huge amount of... Um, noise isn't really the word I'm looking for, but I, I can't think of the right word. I suppose volume or repercussion or um, you know that sense of, of a mirror being held up and saying, is this you? Is this what you want to be? Mm. Mm. Um, the, the, mm. the optimist in me thinks, does this take us somewhere? And, and I hope so. And, and, but it's, yeah, in a way, I, I kind of don't know what to say, to be honest with you. Yeah. No, no. I, um, I'm, we're, we're in the same boat. And yet there are, uh, there are many things for us to, um, to talk about. Um, you mentioned your piece. You started your piece today by talking about Ancelotti. And the way that he reacted to this post-match interview was really worth watching, even if you don't yeah. speak Spanish. Even if you don't speak Spanish, you'll get the general. Um, you'll get the general gist. He said, "I don't want to talk about football. I want to talk about what happened here. It's more important than the defeat." The reporter began by asking the normal general question. Yeah, yeah. I guess the generic question. You know, you lost today. What was your assessment of the game? And he was. Incredulous. He couldn't believe that that was the first question. He couldn't believe that that was what she wanted to talk about when what had happened had happened. I've I've never seen Ancelotti not even during the game as well. Uh, he seemed almost sort of quivering with rage during the game. He was calmer yeah. in that post-match interview, but he was um, he was he seemed very determined to make to make his point, and he and and, and he got it across pretty well. Yeah, he did. And as you say, he was calmer. Um, I mean, you're right. He was clearly seriously angry and seriously upset. And I think one of the things that we we can't overlook is that this is a young um, 22-year-old player for whom Ancelotti has a degree of a per- paternal role as well. Yeah. You know, this, is, this isn't Ancelotti seeing, here's a footballer that you abuse. It's Ancelotti, here's a kid that you abuse. 
You know, here's someone that I, you know, that is that is in my duty of care, and and here's something that's far more universal than just Vinicius. And I think this is a really important point as well. And 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 I, I'll say it now, just because it's it's come to my mind now, and I and I and I fear forgetting it later on. And and I felt that in writing on this day, I felt I've not really found a way to express this as clearly as as I, as I want to. And I, I hope that in saying it, when you've got more words than you can get on a piece of paper, and 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 people kind of bear with you when you go round in circles. I, I sort of hope I can say it better. There's, there's an argument that's sometimes expressed that says Vinicius is the only black player that this happens to. And, and so it's about Vinicius and, and it, it doesn't happen to other people. So we have to discuss Vinicius. And there's so many elements of that that, that I find difficult or, well, frankly, deeply offensive and one of them is just the fundamental thing, which is that if you think that Vinicius is a provocative player or a wind-up merchant or he's difficult or you think you can get an advantage or you think he's someone that you can maybe, um, as a group of fans, kind of get him to perform poorly. There are so many elements of that that I find really hard to accept. One of them is just the idea that it's a legitimate tool. I will use colour to wind him up, that that's a legitimate tool. And the other, to, to speak directly to that idea that it's only Vinicius. No, it's not, though. That's the whole point. That's the whole point of this. If you abuse him for being black, it's no longer just about Vinicius. It's mm. about everyone black. It's about the black players in your team. It's about the black fans in the stands alongside you. It's about everybody who is, um, who is insulted and abused and discriminated against and... Um, and and kind of pushed aside by that, and 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 I think it's horrendous. Um, so just to kind of say that now, but to to take it on to specifically the the, the Ancelotti thing, I, I thought I, th- I thought it was very very interesting. And, and in a way, there's a bit of me that feels like today what we do in a way is to is to kind of follow Ancelotti's position, which is to say I don't want to talk about football because this is bigger. And as you say, I, the, the the first question was, you know, what do you make of the game? You've been de- beaten again. And he sort of looked at. At, at, at the pitch side reporter well actually the, the tunnel reporter and said do you want to talk about football she said well yeah I want to talk about football and all the other stuff he said I don't want to talk about football this is more important don't you think and that don't you think line I thought was, was, was quite an effective one because in a way I thought what he was saying is he was kind of saying to everybody don't you think you know in a, in a way he was saying to everybody listening to him do you not think that this is what we should be dealing with? Never mind that other stuff. And then the conversation went on to, to the racism and to the various elements that happened in the game, the, the discussion with Vinicius, the protocol from the referee and so on, and the sending off and all the rest of it. And then the very last question was, and what about the game? And he said, no, 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 no. I don't want to talk about the football. You know, I, I'm not even going to talk about the football as a secondary issue. It's just not an issue. It's just not a thing. It, it just isn't what we're on today. Hmm. Uh, the point that you touched upon that somehow <coughs> Vinicius incites this somehow he brings it on himself because of his behaviour on the pitch because of how he plays because of his uh, abrasive aggressive nature that he's a wind-up merchant that he's somehow got it coming this is quite a widespread idea in Spain and today I was looking at the uh, newspapers. I do a I do a paper review for an Australian channel, Optus Sport, which I record on a Monday. It comes out on a Tuesday. And today I did it all about this. Did it all about mm-hmm. this. Didn't feel like doing it about anything else. And and I was looking at the language, specifically the language used 
to report what was going on. And it is so telling that they are blaming Vinicius. They're blaming him. Front cover of sport. Listen, none of these, by the way, none of the front covers of any of these newspapers have this as the lead story. Marca, the leading, the best-selling paper in Spain, it's nowhere on the front cover. Uh, Real Madrid's is it basketball, not, it, Real Madrid's it's basketball not even the bottom team box, won the, right. won the Euro, Euro League uh, at the weekend. So that's the front cover and the first 11 pages of marker. But listen, on the front cover of Sport, at the top, the headline is Escándalo Vinicius en Mestalla. Yeah, which implies it's about him. Yeah, it's, it implies it's his scandal, doesn't it? Vinicius scandal in Mestalla. Yeah. The Brazilian is sent off for an aggressive act after being insulted by the public. There is no mention of racism anywhere in that anywhere in that headline. You go in and the chronica of the game is really, really, genuinely offensive. Uh, I'm not going to go into it too much, but they said that they basically, Vinicius um, caused a show... He said he was challenging his rivals and the public like he usually does. But this time, he didn't get away with it. This oh, time, he didn't get away with that, it. That, that, that implies that the... Christ, that... Imp- oh, well, well yeah, you know what, I well, think I'm saying what, you know what it implies. He, 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 might, he, might be, he might be using that as an excuse to you know, talk about the red card. Maybe. Uh, maybe, maybe. Okay, but even right, that yeah. line, even that line in this context is very, very questionable. Yes, uh, I'm not going to yeah. dwell on this too much, but I do think it's important to mention this also. And if you know you you want to see me go through all the papers, it's going to be out. It's going to be out on Tuesday, so watch that. Ass also has the Euro League on its front cover. At the bottom, there is a headline, and I think this is very pointed language. Vinicius obliga a que expulsen un aficionado por un insulto racista. Vinicius forces a fan, to be expelled because mm-hmm. of a racist insult. Vinicius forces that player, yeah. that person, to be... It's blaming him. It's yeah. blaming Vinicius. You go inside and, and he says, Vinicius estaba en todos los líos. Vinicius was in all the troubles. The language is blaming him. It's really quite clear. And I set out and I thought, right, I'll have a look and see how this is being reported. And it was across the media... This is how it's being reported, and this is how a lot of people view it here, that he somehow brings it about, and it's fair game, because, oh, Vinicius, God, isn't he a dickhead? That, wow, he should just calm down. Ah, you know, he brings it, he's got it coming. He's got it. If he just calmed down, none of this would happen. That's the argument, and yeah. it is a widespread yeah. argument, and there's... There's just not much you, know, you can say to it. If someone genuinely believes that, it's difficult to get them to change their mind, I think. But yeah, I mean, the way that it's reported, I thought it was really, yeah. really, really quite telling. Uh, the, the, in a way, uh, and yeah, I, I think I, I feel like I'm going to spend uh, a significant proportion of this podcast effectively apologising for what I've written or more to the point for what I haven't written because there's so many elements that... that, that I thought that's got to go in and that's got to be an element and that's a part of it but the the kind of the construction of it and the space of it doesn't always allow allow it but that's one, all right just put it in here yeah but one of the things one of the things I was I was thinking all day about this was exactly this point that you're making I th- I feel like the best comment 
on this particular argument that I've seen this season came from Jurgen Klopp. And the reason why I say that is because of the way that Klopp said it. Now, you've already used this word to talk about Ancelotti. And I think it applies to Klopp as well. The incredulity. So do you remember when, before Liverpool played um, Real Madrid in the Champions League, Jurgen Klopp was asked by one of the Spanish journalists whether he felt that Vinicius... uh, I, I can't remember the exact wording, but basically the wording was, do you think Vinicius provokes some of the treatment that he gets? Now, I'm going to be ever so slightly, in fact, maybe a bit more than ever so slightly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and understand the position that the journalist asking the question was coming from, because, of course, as we've talked about before, there are slightly different processes that happen in parallel, Vinicius. And while the two, while the two well, parallel lines, that's the wrong, um, maybe that's the wrong analogy because parallel lines don't meet, but they're lines that do sometimes cross over, if you see what I mean. But there's, there's sort of different things that happen in parallel that overlap a little bit. But so the, the point, the, the thing I'm, the point I'm trying to make is that I think the question that was asked of Klopp was about, do you think the way that defenders deal with Vinicius at times is a result of the way that he plays and, and that, you know, that it's, that it's provocative and that he takes people on so he gets fouled more and so on, yeah? So I don't think it was about racist abuse. I think it was about those other elements because I think we might have just come out of the Mallorca game when he got fouled a lot and when there were lots of confrontations and so on. Anyway, the, the, the point was that I think Klopp, because he will have seen some reports, I assume, of Vinicius getting racially abused. When this question was asked, and the question was, do you think Vinicius provokes the treatment he gets? And I remember it so clearly because, and I think it partly came from, as I say, a point of not having an awareness of everything that was going on around Vinicius. Klopp's response, he sat there and he said, what? Provokes racism. As if to say, what the absolute hell are you talking about? How can anything justify or, or provoke Racism. And I think that's essentially, that, that incredulity from Klopp, I think is applicable to this discussion now. And of course, it's a slightly more nuanced discussion than, than, than some people are having, because of course, as we said, there are different processes that overlap, that are, in, that, that, that are intertwined, that are not always the same element coming together. But I think, I think the idea that on the day in which Vinicius is racially abused that you write about it in those terms is really, really hard to take. And I think there is a degree of timing here. And, you know, you, for example, we'll come on to this in a minute, I'm sure, the, the, the tone of Javier Tebas's response last night, given the timing of it, as well as everything else. And there is nothing, nothing that justifies the racist abuse. There is no justification in we're just trying to wind him up there's no justification in well he just wound us up there is nothing that justifies that it's just illegitimate end of story basically La Liga says it's requested all the available images to investigate what happened and once the investigation is concluded they will take the appropriate legal action La Liga has previously filed legal complaints over racist abuse of Vinicius at Barcelona, Betis, Osasuna, Mallorca, Valladolid and Atletico Madrid. But in several cases, prosecutors decided not to pursue a case. The Spanish Football Federation put out a statement calling for sporting sanctions and not artificial judicial measures. Do you think this could end up forcing Vinicius out of Spain, Sid? Well, he he implied that in, in his statement. And I, I in a way, I think that is almost the most effective thing that he's done 
in this. I think the most effective thing, obviously, is the imagery of him confronting the fan. Although I actually thought the most powerful image yesterday was there's a moment where the camera is closing on his eyes and you can see he looks like he's going to cry. And, and, and I think on a human level, that was, for me, the, the sort of the, the most powerful image. But I think the most powerful image in terms of expressing this, in terms of taking it on, in terms of confronting it, is the, the physical confrontation, you know, the actual fact of confronting it. But I think that statement that he says, you know, I will fight this to the end, even if it's a long way from here, is, I think, a way of saying to people, there's a reminder here. Because I don't think it's an exaggeration to say, and this is one of the things that I've been thinking about today, that Vinicius is the player for the next generation of great players in Spain. You know, he is the most exciting footballer in Spain. He may not be the best because we can argue about that and it doesn't really matter. You know, Griezmann's brilliant and you know, Robert Lewandowski's brilliant or Pedri's brilliant, whatever, it doesn't matter. But, you know, that, that sense of electricity, that sense of a really charismatic footballer, that sense of someone who can be, and I hate this phrase, but I'm going to use it because I can't think of a better one, the franchise player, if you like of the Spanish league for the next decade. It's Vinicius, isn't it? He's, and, and, and so the, the idea of a threat that says, do you know what? If this goes on, I don't stay. Now, I don't know if he's genuinely contemplating that. I really hope he's not, but he'd be entitled to. But I think just merely the idea that we are confronted with the possibility of that, hang on, we could be forcing out the guy that might well be the best player in Spain, might well be the most likely player in Spain to win the Ballon d'Or in the next decade, might well be the person that makes us really excited, that fills stadiums. Are we going to force this guy out? I I think actually being confronted with that possibility is, I hope, quite effective. I think it's extremely brave what Vinicius did yesterday. And that word brave maybe sounds a bit pithy. I think it takes a lot of courage to stand your ground. Mm. It takes a lot of courage to look into those seething, hate-filled eyes of a stranger who is hurling abuse at you and to call them out. I think to actually do that and to make a stand is brave. I think it's important and I think it sets a precedent, which hopefully the next time this happens, it's going to happen again going to happen again the next time this happens this will happen again and maybe we get into the cycle of people learning people seeing people beginning to understand what is profoundly offensive what is genuinely wrong on a really intrinsic level i think it's difficult for us to try and can try and empathize we can try and understand what it's like for Vinicius or anyone else who is abused racially in this kind of sporting context, but it's such a dehumanising, debasing thing to suffer, to be reduced, to take... You're no longer a person, you're just a colour to that person. You're not even a human, you're just that defined by that one characteristic of you. It's such a, like I said, dehumanising thing to suffer that... You don't know how you'd react until you suffer it. Um, so I am loath to sort of criticise uh, Vinicius's behaviour on the pitch because there are a lot of people that say Vinicius needs to calm yeah. down. Vinicius is out of control. Vinicius is too much. I think we're in this vicious circle now, whereas yeah. the fans see him wound up and playing at a million miles an hour and being abrasive and aggressive that leads them to be more abusive 
and in some cases racist. That leads Vinicius to be even more how he is. That leads the fans to and so on and so on. So we're stuck in this in this vicious circle. And him standing up, I think, brings visibility to this. I think it makes people question what's happening in this country. I think it's a conversation that the more we talk about it, just by osmosis, I hope that people begin to understand the problems that exist here, because there is a problem. They listen, there's problems with racism in every country in the world. Uh, Vinicius talking about Brazilians viewing Spain as a racist nation. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Brazil's just had four years of Bolsonaro. All sorts of problems in the US, all sorts of problems in the UK with it. it you know, no country is exempt from this. But here in Spain, it does feel that there is a problem on a really quite basic level of a lack of awareness and a lack of understanding. And if Venetia's doing this, increases that awareness and perhaps in turn helps to facilitate that understanding, then it's, 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 it's a battle that is, that is worth continuing. And he's not backing down. Yeah. He's not backing down. No, uh, he, he's, he's not backing down. And, and, and that's really, really important. And that's, that's obviously the, the, the key thing here. The other thing, of course, is that even if it only comes maybe less through conviction uh, and more through the prospect of punishment, you still change the environment and you still change the kind of learned behaviour of other people. You still change the sense of what is allowed, even if, even if internally people still feel the same way. Mm. Um, you, 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 you change what they feel they're allowed to say, what, 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 they, what they think they can get away with. Um, and, and that's the other thing, I suppose, in this. You, you have Valencia saying, we will ban the fans that are, that are identified for life. So I think so far it's only one that's been identified, but there's another that, they're, that they're, they, they've got the images of and they're, they're trying to find. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've got a feeling that when Espanol fans, was it 13 of them, uh, I think were identified as having abused Iñaki Williams, when was this, about four years ago, three years ago? I think Espanyol banned those fans, uh, I think, for life. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I remember having a conversation with someone at Mallorca about, about the way that they reacted and tried to react very fast, possibly um, with, with a slightly different mindset at Mallorca because, because of their ownership model being, being, being US, um, and they tried to act very quickly. And so I think it's really important that the clubs themselves act against their own fans, if you see what I mean. And then the other thing, and, and you know, we talk, you, you mentioned bravery with, with Vinicius. That's the other thing, that I, and I think this is, I've always found this a very difficult one to know what to expect and demand from fans. And, and actually, I sometimes think about it, what to expect and demand from myself if I ever found myself in that situation. The idea that if you're near a fan that is shouting racist abuse, that you challenge it. Or that you report it. I mean, certainly report it, I think, should be made easy. There should be mechanisms that allow you to do that easily. But the idea that you challenge it and do you have the bravery to do that? You know, and if it's a... Because, there's, you know, there's a, there's a physical integrity question. There's, there's the bravery of the crowd. There's all sorts of things. But that's the other thing that would be really nice to see, wouldn't it? To see people saying to the people alongside them, no, if only because you're going to get us a ban. If only because that changes the way that people behave. There was a moment yesterday, and I, I, I saw this kind of only briefly, and I'm, and, and I, I don't know what to make of it, and I, I also am I'm reluctant to make too much of it. But there's a moment I think when Vinicius is confronting the end, and obviously there are some fans having a go back at him. I think there's a fan that's saying that sort of wagging his finger at him and sort of tapping his chest and saying, "No, I promise it wasn't that." At least from him. And, and I would like to think that that kind of... OK, then confront the fans that did do it, if you've seen someone do it. 
you know, that you'd like to think that, that they've become... But it's a really difficult thing to ask people to do, isn't it, in that kind of environment? It is, it is. Um, I've spoken about this, I think, previously on, on the podcast, and I'm genuinely still haunted by, by this, by my inactivity. I went and saw Atletico Madrid take on Liverpool in the Champions League last season at the Wanda Metropolitano. I was on my own. And there was a guy there who screamed Negro de Mierda at Nabi Keita. And I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. And I'm genuinely, when I say I'm haunted by this, I think about it a lot. I still think about it. I still think that I should have said something. It ruined the game for me because I was sitting there thinking I should have said something. Why didn't I say something? I should have said something. And I'm still thinking about it now. So hopefully if that happens again, I will remember that. And I will say something, but you know what, Sid? Do you think that stadium closures and individual bans are going to stop people behaving like this? Genuinely. Uh, Do you think that, right, that, okay. that, that those measures will have an effect on a societal awareness of, of, of racial issues. I, I, I think it's deeper than that because you do that now. In oh. a, you do that now in a stadium, you know that there's a chance that someone's going to find you and something's going to happen. You know that because it has happened previously. So you're, you're still doing it because you still think it's funny because you still think you can get into the mind of the player and, and, and you think it's somehow mm. something that you can, you can get away with really. All right. You're banned from life, but you know, in the stadium, but really you know it's 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 not the worst thing in the world i don't know i feel that it's just something happens yeah. something needs to shift on a more sort of intrinsic societal level here and we it feels like we're still away away from that we're taking steps things yeah. are changing here slowly but surely and it, without going into too much detail but the sort of demographic makeup of spain the socio-political history in the 20th, 20th century means that there weren't many immigrants uh, coming into Spain. This is a relatively new phenomenon. Now there are new faces, there are new races. People are being exposed to 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 to, to new do new things, which in turn, I hope, breeds more acceptance and breeds more awareness. And I think that key word is awareness. People here do not know. They do not know what is offensive before the Olympics. The Beijing Olympics in 2008, you had a front cover of one of the sports pages and one of the and the basketball team, they were all pulling back their eyes because they think it was, they thought it was funny. They thought it was okay to do that because they were going to play the Olympics in China. That, that it's, it's unawareness. And I just think that we're still, we're still miles away. We're still miles away from reaching the level of awareness which impedes people from saying and doing these kind of things. I mean, I think we're going in the right direction, yeah. but we're still a long, long way away. There, there are so many different elements to pick up on here that are not for the first time. I, I don't know entirely where to start. Um, just to pick up from what I was saying before, because it, it, it filters into what you're saying now in terms of, does this change anything? I think, I think if you make something, um, even if it's only through the possibility of punishment, um, sort of forbidden, I think you do hopefully change people's learned behaviour in the stands. In other words, the things that people do so you don't sit in the stand. But as you say, does that deal with the underlying problem? Probably not. Um, I also think there's, there's another thing, which, of course, is, is, is there are different types of prejudice and so on. So, for example, I, I sometimes have this, this sort of doubt with myself, which is that 
when we see the, if you like, the easy to see prejudice, okay, which is for argument, so, so in this kind of case, someone monkey chants or someone uses a racist word or, or, or someone says something that they think is funny, but it's, but it's offensive. Those sometimes, that, that's, that's one type of, of discrimination. As you say, I think sometimes there is maybe not necessarily driven by a hate as so much as an unawareness or a, a, a way of expressing itself. And then I sometimes think there are other, if you like, more polite but possibly more pernicious types of discrimination. So, for example, um, there are newspapers in the United Kingdom who I think at their core are significantly more racist than people who um, who may occasionally use a word that, that they shouldn't, if you see what I mean. Uh, because at the core, it's more pernicious. It's more discriminatory. It's more hate-filled. And yet, of course, they would never be caught out saying the thing that, that, that's easily identified. Mm. Do you see what I mean? Mm. And, 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 and so that always leads me into this position where I sort of think... I find it diff. First of all, it's difficult to hand out lessons. In fact, you absolutely shouldn't be handing out lessons. But but you, you, I do sometimes get that, and I can see why. Often, from a Spanish point of view, there can be this idea, and I say this as someone who's been in the very, very, very middle of this. By the way, um, a, a long time ago now, with the Luis Aragonés story and, and the story you've mentioned with the with the basketball team, that idea that how dare this English guy come and tell us about this when you look at the colonial history, when you look at the behaviour of, uh, of, of British football fans, all those kind of things. And, and so I suppose in a way what I'm saying is I don't know what the answer is. But of course, I think if you, if you challenge some types of behaviour, I think you do change the way that people think or at least the way that people <laughs> behave because of what they think is acceptable. And as you've made the very, the, the, the very key point, and, and you know, I, I say this as someone who's been in Spain for a long time and, and, and seen some of the, pro, the, 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 kind of the, the, the shifts, this is also a process. As you've said, immigration is at very different points in its, in its cycle, if you sort of mean, in the UK, in the US, in France, in Spain. Those, those are the sort of the four countries where I feel more or less that I can place points of emigration and of course it's different processes that get played out at different paces at different points with different types of immigration from different parts of the world and and that changes the way that people deal with it the way that people use language is different as well um and i suppose as you say the fundamental thing i guess is to say that change comes through confrontation so this is to take us back to vinicius right mm. change comes through confrontation through someone saying you know what no and you hope that people who weren't aware, who didn't realise, instead of reacting badly to that, say, Christ, you're right. I hadn't thought of that. And, and I, I will try to temper my behaviour accordingly. Mm. I don't know, maybe that's hopelessly naive again. And, and I, I kind of keep coming back to that feeling that there's a bit of me that thinks I, I just feel completely pointless in this, in a way. Yeah, 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 I know. Well, listen, we've tried to discuss some of the issues. We've tried to... Um get our heads around this and um <laughs> i'm not sure we've got too much to, to to add at the moment um i'll give you the results this is what happened on match day 35 uh, cadiz beat Valladolid 2-0 Villarreal real 1-2-1 at girona athletic club beat celta 2-1 almeria beat mallorca 3-0 getafe and elche finish 1-1 real sociedad won at the camp now beating barca 2-1 
Then Espanyol won at Rio 2-1. Atleti beat Osasuna 3-0. Valencia beat Real Madrid 1-0. And uh, the Seville derby finished goalless uh, between Sevilla uh, and Betis. Um, we don't... We hate having these conversations, but we will. We will continue to have this conversation, you know, uh, as and when this comes up again, we'll talk about it. And I'll say this, this, this is literally, this is the worst thing about living in this country. I love this country. I have chosen to live in this country. Of all the places I've visited in the world, I decided to come and live in Spain, have my kid here, raise my kid. My kid is Spanish. I love this country and I love being here and I love my life here but this aspect to covering football is here is the worst thing about living in this country uh, for me hopefully things will get better around this soon hopefully not just for me hopefully obviously for the victims here and the victim is is, is Vinicius Jr. on this on this occasion. Uh, Sid, we're going to do more podcasts this week over at patreon.com forward slash TSFP for our patrons. Um, we're going to answer questions tomorrow uh, at the Q&A pod. Uh, if you know you want to ask us questions about this subject, we'll, we'll keep talking about it if you want. If you want to talk about other stuff, we'll talk about other stuff as well. But uh, uh, yeah, that's it for this week's edition of the Spanish Football Podcast. Uh, we'll speak to you next time, amigos. Adios. Cheerio. Network.